Good morning, Faith Life Church. It's just so good to be in your lounge rooms again. And today, I know that I have a word of God just for you. I have a word of God for your situation. For whatever place you might be in today, I am believing for God to communicate to you. you know, today, we're talking about becoming personal with the word of God, letting God's word become personal. When you look at this word of God, when the word becomes personal, you will realize that there are breakthroughs coming your way and already there in your situation. For us to understand how the word of God becomes personal, we need to have an understanding between two words. The first word is communication and talking. Now, I've known Pastor Sule since 1979. Now, do your maths, that's quite a long time. And in that time, we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and uh, because of my mathematics mind, the way I love to think, I started to calculate how many times I actually talked to Sule. There were times that I used to say things like this, hey, we spent all day talking. And so all these years, we used to spend hours on the phone. Back then, it was uh, to escape from my family because we only had one phone and huge family. I would go down to the phone box and we talked for hours and hours and hours. A lot of talking. But what I realized was we'd done a lot of talking, but not a lot of communication. So there is a difference between talking and communication. Number Talking is about information where I... Uh, I elaborate how I think, I elaborate on what to say. Now, talking, the foundations for talking are this, you can talk with your mind and have your heart somewhere else. You can talk with your heart and have no compassion. You can talk and have no experience. So that is why sometimes, you know, you, you meet school teachers and they're talking about subjects that they've never ever experienced. So what you realize in talking, there is a transfer of information. So when I realized with, um, with Silva and myself in, in our marriage, closeness never came because we talked. Closeness came because we communicated. So there's a huge kind of difference. And then we'll realize something is if we only live on information, which is talking, we are living in a non-experiential event. That means that we can talk. Let, let me give you an example. I remember one day I'm going to my son Jesse when he was living at home was, hey Jess, I want you to take the rubbish out. Today is rubbish day. So take the bins, take them down the front lawn and leave them there. And Jesse, you know, and he, great son that he is, he goes, yep, Dad, no problems. And you know what? Half an hour goes by. I look at the front, no bins. No beans. I wake up early in the morning, go to work, and guess what? No beans. So I go to Jesse, you know, hey, hey Jess, where's the beans? He goes, he, he said this to me, he goes, Dad, I know, I know. You know what? He could verbatim go to me, Dad, you said this, this, and this. So he was talking. But see, communication is absolutely different. When God doesn't talk, so God doesn't come to us and give us information. He doesn't go, hey, I want to have a chat with you. I want to do this. God communicates. Now, the difference between talking 
and communicating is when I talk, as we mentioned before, you could be far away. You could be you know, talking to somebody, but you could be in Fiji, you know, wherever it might be. But when you are communicating, your body, your mind, your spirit, your intellect, everything about you is speaking and it's in total unison. So when I am talking, I can disengage my heart. I can disengage how I'm feeling and I can just talk. You know, let's really cut down to the honest level here this morning is this. We all know how to say the right thing in any given situation. So you know what, you know, when you're running late for work, you know what to say. So we, we've learned how do we say to a peace situation. So we learn how to talk. But when it comes to communicating, we're on the God level. So when you realize God created you, God created me to communicate. Now, when God communicates, it's on a totally different level. One of the signs that you are communicating with God is there is expectation. So where there is talk, there is information. When there is communication, there is expectation. So what you find is when you are communicating with someone, there is an expectancy. So if I am going back to that with, with Jesse, I am communicating to him that I want the bins out. Now, so I have got, because I have communicated, I have got an expectation that those bins are going to go out. If I was only talking, it would be just information. Hey, Jesse, it would be a really good idea because the bin people are coming in on my, you know, tomorrow morning. We need to get the bins out. That's talking. But when you communicate, there is an invitation to come and experience what was shared. So what we have is talking. I give you information when I am communicating I give you an expectation. I also give you an invitation so that you can experience it. So it's not just an inspirational talk. It's not just an informative talk. It is where I get to live what I have just heard. So Jesus and God, they don't talk. Jesus didn't send the disciples out, go and talk to people about God. The father didn't send Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, just go up there and just talk to them. Just, just, just have a chat with them. What you find is that you and I were not created to talk. We were created to communicate. And in the communication, it becomes personal. So when we're realizing about the word of God, as we mentioned is that two people can read the Word of God, one has an experience of breakthrough, the other one has information. It is, and also with books, there's so many people that have written books and it's all talk. But then there are other books where there is an invitation, you read something, you experience it. Let me just show you this. In, in, the, in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it, it talks about our mindset. And uh, verse 5 says this, And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let this mindset become your motivation. I want you to notice this, that Jesus is here is an invitation. He says, Jesus is your example. So when it comes to communicating, let's 
move everybody else aside. Let's talk about the greatest communicator of all. He says, let's consider the example of Jesus. So what he's saying there is, how did Jesus talk? How did Jesus look at the Father? How did Jesus look at the problems? How did Jesus communicate? Jesus did not one said before us, let this mindset become your motivation. So here's Paul saying this to us, that you have the ability and the capacity to have the mindset of Jesus. Now, that should get you standing up, clapping and applauding, that Paul is here, is unveiling you, is unveiling your potential, is unveiling your faith, is unveiling your expectations, is unveiling your past, future and present. And he's saying, now, let this mindset also be in you. What he was saying was this. He says, the way that Jesus saw the way that Jesus received, the way that Jesus gave, that same mindset, the way that Jesus walked and he talked is now in you. So you saying, let this mindset become your motivation. Again, understanding this, is I'll show you in a moment, is that Jesus didn't just talk about God. He didn't come to have a conversation. He didn't come to have a debate. He didn't come to say, hey, I know more than you know. What he did, he came to communicate. And understanding, again, let's just, I'll just let this wash over your mind. When you enter communication, you get expectation and you also get an invitation. So these things are not separate, but together. So Jesus comes and he is there communicating. Now watch how Jesus communicates. Look at Matthew 20, 28 out of the International Version. NIV says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Which, let me just read it to you again. Just as the Son of Man, remember the same mindset, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I want you to see how Jesus communicated. Jesus communicated and he says, hey, I am here because I'm going to forgive you your sin. So what did Jesus do? He communicated forgiveness, but, but he also forgave at the same time. So, so understand this, in talking, I can talk about something, but not experience it. So I can say something without making it good. So talking is just, hey, here's a bunch of information. But, but Jesus is communicating. So when Jesus communicated forgiveness, he forgave. When Jesus communicated healing, he healed. When Jesus communicated provision, he provided. When Jesus communicated compassion, he followed through on the compassion. So what we see is that the communication and action always go hand in hand. Now, in, in, in James, you can see that James was dealing with this issue within the church. James said, faith without works is dead. And then he also says, you know, show me your faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. And, and so what I, I remember thinking, oh, hold on, hold on. This almost sounds like it's a faith and works message. That means, so people have taken what James has said and separated it. 
I want you to, if you allow the Holy Spirit to unveil something for you today. When God talks about faith, there's always going to be a responding action. So in talk, if I'm just talking about salvation, for instance, right? Let's talk about salvation. So I come with you. And we're a bunch of friends and we're talking and I'm talking about salvation. And I show scripture, I do all of this. At the end, I ask the question, how many of you believe what I have just said is true? You know, you're going to have four or five people put their hand up and go, Ted, I believe it's true. I believe it's true. And yet walk out of that room, walk out of that building without having Jesus Christ as their Savior. The reason being is, is if I am thinking that Jesus is just talking, that means that God says, do you understand? I can communicate what Jesus said in the way that he said it, in maybe the energy that he said it. But when you realize in talking, I can repeat what you said in communicating, I have received what you said. So when, when James was saying with faith, when you have faith, you will automatically be doing what you said. So that's when it comes. Jesus made it really plain and simple. He put it this way. How is it that you can call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? And I used to wonder that because when I call him Lord, there is an action that goes in. So what talk, talking does, it makes a difference. It says, I can understand something without doing it. I can communicate it in a sense that I can repeat what you said, but there is no action. But when God communicates, there is also an action that is so connected that it's a one thing. So when Jesus says he loves you, there is a corresponding action. So God, listen to me. So I'm getting ahead of myself because this is just profound. So when Jesus says, I love you, he, he doesn't do this, but I'm going to withhold it. When God says something, that when you hear it, there is an action. That means that when I hear Jesus loves me, there is an ex expectation that, wow, I'm going to be loved. And there is an invitation to, to experience all that love that God has given me. So what we have, so Jesus says, I have come to serve. And how did God serve? How did Jesus serve? Jesus started serving. He was talking and doing, talking and doing. When you look at the gospel, it's about, Luke said it really great when he started talking about the gospel. I'm here to tell you about what Jesus began to teach and do. So in communication, teach, speaking, and doing are in exactly the same format. So here's the beauty with it, is in communication, it gets there. So how does the Word of God become personal? Because God is not speaking to me. God is not having a conversation with me. God is not saying, hey, I just want to put these words out there. God says, I am communicating to you. And if I am communicating to you, I want this to be in your life. I want you to experience the joy. I want you. So we understand this is that communication is always personal. Watch this. Jesus' disciples were looking at John's disciples and they're saying, hey, you know, there's a bit of a difference between us. They know how to pray and we don't. So what they did was they went to Jesus and he says, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Now, to, to me, that is a, a huge question because they're Jews. 
They go to the synagogue on every Sabbath. They are incorporated with prayers and all of that. And yet, when they looked at Jesus' prayer life, it was different to what was modelled that what they saw. So for, for them to ask this question, it was a communicating question. It was, Jesus, we see others praying. We see John's disciples praying. But your prayer life is different. Why is your prayer life different? Jesus, we've heard all the top rabbis. We've heard all the scholars, all the Pharisees. Hey, we've been going to the synagogue all of our lives. We understand this. But yet, when we look at you, we see that the prayer life that is being exhibited to your prayer life is so different. So Jesus says in Matthew 6 verses 9, out of the end of it, he says, this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Now, watch, see, watch this. The, it doesn't say all the names of God. Here's something just really interesting. Is when you do a study, especially through the Old Testament and also through the New, God has been reveals himself in so many names. Understand the word of God, what we hold here and what we hold here, uh, self-revelation of God. So God reveals himself. You know, the, the most popular one is El Shaddai, the God who foresaw and has provided. There are so many ways that God has revealed himself. And yet, when Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to pray, he doesn't go and give all those magnificent names. Uh, 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 there's a book that's been written by, uh, uh, I've forgotten the, um, the author, I think it's John Paul Jackson. And it's the 365 names of God. That means you can meditate on one name of God per day. So there are so many names that are given to God. And yet, when the disciples looked at Jesus, what was missing was the prayer line. How do we communicate with God? How is it? Because you know what they would have noticed is that people are praying, but they have no answers. People have been praying the same prayer over and over and over again, nothing. And yet what they saw with Jesus was this, is that Jesus prayed and things happened. Jesus spoke and things happened. When Jesus prayed for the sick, they got healed. When Jesus prayed for the demonized, they got delivered. When Jesus prayed over the loaves and fish, they got multiplied. So what you see is this amazing revelation. Because what was this? Now watch, understand this. The disciples were talking to God, but they were not praying. When I listen to people, I see some of those people in this... Casual is the wrong word. You know, I've heard people pray like this. Uh, just pray to the man upstairs. You know, to, the, to your buddy in heaven. And, and, and you get all of this stuff. You see people are talking and not praying. And so what you have here, he says, and he says this, our father. It's personal. Isn't it amazing? Now, um, we haven't got time in this session, but I'd love to do a session on this is that I was reading an article about this theological discussion of what is the correct name for God. 
Just, just, just think about this, right? Just, just remember you got Elohim, you've got Adonai, you've got Jehovah. Um, there's just so many that you can do. And so there's this huge theological debate, especially in the church world, in how do we say God? How do we pronounce his name? How, so to some people, even, they don't even call him God. They call him the name because it's the unpronounceable name. And here's, when I look at this, and I, there was this huge theological, great argument, seriously, really good, entertaining, if you want to go to bed. If you want to have, if you've got insomnia, read one of these articles. It's brilliant. And yet, when, you, when I studied Jesus, my first question was, how did Jesus address the God of the universe? How did Jesus represent God. So when you start thinking, everybody now, oh, you should call him this, you should call him this, you should call him this. But the one that came to reveal God is the revealer on how we should approach God. And so what does he do? He says, he says our Father. And what you just let that sink a little bit. He goes, our Father, not the Father. He's not talking about a title. He's talking about an experience. Understand that the word father in the Hebrew means the one who brings strength into the house. It's a, when we, it's a working word, not a describing word. It's not a word, it's not, sorry, it's not a title word. You can, you can, have, you can be a title. If you, if you get married, have a baby, you're called the father. But you don't start becoming a father. You're not becoming a father until you do what the father does. So what he's saying here, we're not talking about a title. He's not giving him a title. He is giving God. He is opening us up. He is revealing this. I am communicating what the father is and what he will do. So the moment that he said, our Father in heaven. Understand this. He says, our Father, relational, second part in heaven. In other words, is this. There is no Father on the earth that can compare to the Father in heaven. So what does that mean? That we cannot, you, there are, Honestly, some amazing fathers in the world. A Faith Life Church, all the fathers in Faith Life Church, I want to thank you. I want to encourage you. You're amazing fathers. I look at our kids, Faith Life kids, and I go, wow, that's because of their fathering. I want to thank you. But when it comes to communicating, when it comes to communicating the Father, He doesn't say all these other names. He says, our Father in heaven. In other words, He's saying to you is this, that the Father that you are praying to far exceeds any expectation that you have of a natural Father. The word overabundant is excessive. The word overabundance is where we get an excessive from. So I want you to... Get a load of this that God is saying, Jesus is saying, our Father is so excessive. The only reason we can use the word excessive is because we look at the rate of or a level of what a father is. But God says, the way I love, it seems excessive to the way you have been brought up. So our Father comes in and he moves this. Understand this. 51 times. God is called God the Father in the Scripture. I, I studied it early this morning, um, just to let you know. It's all here, so if you ask me, I can prove it. And, uh, and I realized, and I, and I counted it up just before we got to preaching. 50 to, 51 times, 
God reveals himself as Father. To, to me, that is amazing because that means that God, what's God communicating? He says, I am communicating I am the Father. So therefore, you have now got an, ex, an expectation that you will be fathered. That, that is mind-blowing. And then you get the invitation. And here's the beauty with having God as a Father, that he matures with you. That means at every season in your life, there is a fathering. Every, every person needs a father. When I read this, I realized what is the need in every single person. There's a need in every single person to be fathered. And when I look at this, it's just our father. He, he, he doesn't say, excuse me, our provider. He, he, he doesn't explain all the other names which are absolutely beautiful please i'm not downgrading them but jesus is accumulating everything that we have read in the old testament about his goodness and he says now this is your father and when he said it when jesus opened his mouth and he communicated our father in heaven that was your the best way i can put it to you it is your invitation to believe for more. It was your invitation for exception. It was your invitation that now I can expect. When the first thing that he says, our father means this. God says, everything that you see in me, you should have an expectation to live. Everything. So what we have when God says is our father. Now, I just... I, I, I had um, one of those ah moments. One of the things I do to wind down, um, I love watching cooking shows. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I do, I, I love watching cooking shows. And, but one of the, th I had an ah moment watching MasterChef. And I, I realized something that there's a heavenly difference to an earthly difference. Well, looking at MasterChef, you've got these amazing chefs. And what happens is every week they have an elimination. There is only one prize. So you have all of these people and there's only one prize. That means this is that it means there's only one event. There's only one title for somebody to win. Somebody has to lose. It blew me away because there are there are chef, those chefs in the in the cooks there they were my favourite and I'm I'm going oh no no and when they get voted out I'm 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 ticked off and I realised this the other night while watching it is going because in this system is somebody's got to lose for somebody to win so you you know what's really interesting when you talk about the Olympic games one of the cliches that goes that no one remembers who came second everyone only remembers who came first. So what we have is this mentality that somebody has to lose. But when God says, I am a father, I want you to realize is that everybody wins. Every single person wins. Every single person is important. Now, I shared this before, but I want to do it again. In Mount Sinai, when, when Moses wrote the five books of the Bible, they were so mathematically and grammatically perfect 
that the teaching was this, that every letter represented a person in Israel. And if one letter was missing, the whole lot would be affected. So the teaching was this, every person is as valuable as the person next to them. So when the, and I, it blew me away because we're watching MasterChef and they're all saying goodbye because everybody knows Somebody has to lose for somebody to win. But when says God says, I am your father, I have no favorites. I give everybody the same portion. I give everybody the same word. So that means that then in God's family, because somebody else gets something, doesn't mean that you don't get it. That, that is why when we, teach, we taught a couple of weeks ago, is that the God of our fathers, that means that everything that God revealed himself is now available to you. And so my prayer is this, as we are, we're starting on this, is that Jesus came and he communicated the Father. How did he communicate with him? He did. He says, I love you. And then he loved. He forgave. And then sin was gone. And there was no condemnation. He healed. And the sickness left. Everything changed. And God says, and so we go from listening to communicating. See, that's why James said, if you've, got to, if you've got faith and you've got to think I need to do something, you haven't got it. The Bible puts it this way, is when I communicate to God on salvation, I receive salvation. So I don't receive salvation and then have to do something to get it. So communicating is this, I hear, I expect, I receive. And it's one action, one action. I hear, I expect. And I receive. That is the gospel. That is the Father. So the Father says, I am the Father. Raise your expectations and then receive. So when the Father says, I want to communicate with you, He goes, I want to touch you. I want to heal you. I want to deliver you. I want to bless you. He's not communicating his, what He can do. Understand something here. God doesn't communicate his potential. God communicates his availability for you to be free. God's not saying, I'm not here to show off because I, I, I don't need that. But you need power. You need this. So what happens is this, is when I'm communicating with God, as we're coming into a bit of a landing right now. So this changes. This is how we start to change. How do we make it personal? You know, as, as when we read scripture, we, we, hear the, we, hear the, we hear this, God is love. So if it's just talk, it's, okay, God is love, we can explain it. But what you do is when, when you listen to it, God's not talking about that he is love. He's communicating something. And what happens is when I hear that God is love and I am communicating, I receive his love. All of a sudden, that scripture is no longer God is love, is God loves me. All of a sudden, it changes into a relational. So what happens is this, is when I communicate, it becomes God is. And then I, when it's communicating, it is when I hear, is when my expectations go up, it is when I receive. All of a sudden, I'm no longer describing God as love, is I'm describing God, God loves me. So I no longer go, God is a provider, God is my 
provider. You know, I don't know, God is a healer. Yeah, no, no, God is my healer and will always continue to heal me. So whatever it might be, it becomes personal. So what happens is this, when God gave us his word, he didn't give us a talk. He didn't give us a pep talk. He was communicating. And by communicating, he said, lift up your expectations and get ready to receive what you have heard. There are so many things in Scripture, but I just really want to pray for you today. I, am, I want you to start to move into another realm. I want you to get the mindset of God. I'm going to stop talking to God. I'm going to stop this idle chatter. I want to communicate with God. I want to communicate. So therefore, to start to communicate, God is personally talking to you. God is looking into your situation right now. Now, God is looking into all of your things that are concerning you. And he goes, let's communicate. Let's communicate. Let's not just talk. Let's not just waste half an hour. But why don't we communicate? And by communicating, God reveals himself as a father. God reveals himself as the one who bore you. God reveals himself that I am here to help you. I am not here just to give you an inspirational talk. I'm not here just to pep you up a little bit. I'm not here to... to delude anything but what I am here is I'm here to rescue you I am here to bless you I'm here to save you I am here to heal you so when you when we now look at the word of God becomes personal because it is your father talking to you it is not a far God in the distance it is your father who loves you and remember what we read before in, in, in Jesus says I came to serve because I didn't come here to be served but I came to serve and I came to give my life for the ransom of many that is the communication of your father that is the heartbeat of your father and understand this the heartbeat of the father is so amazing that his mind will emotions are all in sync with this God is not thinking about something else when he's talking to you God is not distracted by anybody else he's only talking to you he is in sync his heart his mind his will everything about him is centered to you and he's doing this I'm offering you an invitation into what you have just said look at the Word of God I'm offering it to you let me pray for you father father I pray that we would go from talking to you to communicating with you Father, we're, we're going from just information about you, but receiving everything. And Father, I'm going from that you are my God to you are my Father. I'm going to start to imitate Jesus. Jesus, you always call God your Heavenly Father. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I make a decision that from now on, I am going to call God my Father the one that loves me, the one that has done everything. And so, Father, right now, I just pray that every person would have the communication of God. Their heart would be thumping. Their faith level would be up. They're ready to receive. And, Father, right now, I pray, let there be a receiving of restoration. Let there be a receiving of no condemnation. Let there be a receiving of health. Let there be a receiving of provision. Let there be a receiving of peace. So, Father, right now, I'm standing on your invitation and I dare to stand up and receive by faith everything that you have revealed to me in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Hey, God bless you. If you don't know God is your father, this is what you need to do. The word of God tells us that if we will confess with our mouth what we believe with our heart, we shall be saved. If you will believe that the father loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you and to die for all of your sin, all of your punishment, everything that you should have deserved was put on Jesus. And if you believe in him, you will be saved. You will go from being non-family to family. Why don't you pray this prayer after me if you've never done this before. Father, I want to thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you sent Jesus on my behalf. I thank you that Jesus died for all of my sin. I confess I am a sinner. I am away from you. And I right now, I believe that you are punished for me. I believe that you are resurrected for me. And I now receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you've done that, you are saved. God is for you. There's just so many things. If, we would, if, you, if you would let us know and we will send you, we want to get a gift for you. We want to walk with this journey for you. Hey, and I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.